Welcome to Becoming. This is episode 94, Five Strategies to Overcome Self-Shame with Tessa Emily Hall. Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. Welcome, everyone. Today, we have our guest, Tessa Emily Hall, with us. Tessa is an award-winning author, and she started publishing her first book at age 16, but you've been writing for a lot longer than that. Is that right, Tessa? Right. I started when I was actually three. (laughs) You just are a writer, clearly. Um, But you've written both fiction and devotional books geared toward teens. I love that. And you're not only a writer, but also a speaker and an actress. She runs a Christian teen magazine called Pursue Magazine to encourage teens to make the most of their youth. Her passion is clearly helping young people connect to themselves and connect to God in meaningful ways. Tessa, welcome to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. I'm excited. You are so inspirational, Tessa. I just can't even imagine the thought. I'm interested in writing a book, but you just like went for it. You started when you were 16, and you said it got published when you were 19, right? Right, yes. Um, Yeah, so I started writing the book when I was 16, and around that time is when I also decided to pursue publication. Um, so I started going to writing conferences, and that's sort of how everything began for me. <laughs> wow. So tell us what you're up to right now. Yeah, so these days I am still writing fiction and also devotionals for teenagers, um, and I work in the publishing industry as well, and I run the, ma- the Pursue magazine, which is the Christian teen magazine. The devotional that I have releasing this fall is called Love Your Selfie, And it's a 52-week devotional for teen girls to encourage them basically to uh, embrace their uniqueness and tap into their potential to pursue um, God's kingdom and their calling. And you guys, just a little note that you just have to know, it is pink glitter on the outside of this book. Like, yes, speak to me. I love it. It's so awesome. And I'm so excited. This is coming out in October, correct? Yes, that's right. I'm so excited too, and they're going to offer it in leather looks, so I can't wait to see it. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited about that. So today we've asked you to come on because you are wanting to share more about really overcoming self-shame, finding your confidence through finding God in your life and in yourself, and I want to hear more about your personal story. Right. Yeah. So this is definitely a journey that I have taken starting from when I entered middle school. Um, That's kind of when all these insecurities started coming to me because I saw my friends sort of separating into cliques based on what they look like or based on their specific interests. And at that time, I just wanted to be a kid. I didn't want to feel like I had to be someone else in order to have acceptance, in order to have friends and to be liked. And I still just wanted to be who I was and who I was created to be, but still I felt the pressure to morph myself, to change myself. I started just to resent aspects about myself 
um, especially because uh, I started to compare myself with other people, such as my older sister, who was four years older than me, and she was always a popular girl in school, and a lot of her friends, their younger siblings, were in my same grade. And she and I, completely different personalities, and so I just started feeling as if I had to measure up to that. And it was just a long journey of just self-shame, not just for my personality, but also just for different interests that I had, for wanting to be a writer when I didn't know anyone else who was a writer. And, and just I just felt like there was no place for me, and I just was crippled with insecurities and with comparison and feeling as if other people were looking at me and judging me. It kind of morphed into social anxiety as well because I started being anxious, thinking that I have to come across a certain way whenever I go to social gatherings in order for people to like me and to accept me. And so this kind of continued throughout my teen years. I just carried that insecurity, but also the self-shame of wishing that I could be someone different and wishing that I could look a certain way and change myself. And then maybe if I was able to change myself, then maybe then I could have friends and maybe then I would be more popular and feel more accepted. But as I drew closer to Christ in my teen years and started to develop a personal relationship with him, that's when I started to see myself through his eyes. And instead of finding confidence in you know my personality or in my appearance, instead my confidence became rooted and stemmed in that relationship and who he, he says that I am and the worth that I have in him, my identity in Christ. And so that's sort of what I'm passionate about helping teens to do as well, because they're constantly tempted to be insecure about themselves, to compare themselves to others. I would say even the pressure these days is even worse than it was back whenever I was a teenager. I'm passionate about this, about helping teenagers to overcome those insecurities, but also to help them not only to overcome insecurities, but to embrace their unique way that they've been created so that way they can further God's kingdom and do what he has called for them to do. Oh, I so resonate with that, Tessa. And I wish that we were an anomaly. Like, oh, that's a rare thing that a teen has to go through this. But sadly, it's so, so very common. And I think it's just part of the mortal experience is like, learning and those growing pains, like where, who am I? And trying to morph into someone that we think people will accept rather than just like, really, what is, what is my identity? Who am I? And like really loving it as we learn that instead of trying to shame ourselves for not being what we think others expect us to be. Exactly. I want to know, like, what are ways that you were able to combat that or strategies that you use to help you really come into your own? Yeah, um, so I do have five strategies that I would like to share to help teenagers to overcome self-shame. And these are strategies that I myself have implemented as a teenager, but also throughout the years as the temptation to compare myself continues to, I continue to be faced with that temptation. And the first is to renew your mind with the word. So choose to believe the truths that are found in the word as opposed to the lies of, of the world. And one way that you can do this for any teenagers who are battling with insecurity is to display scriptures on your mirror that proclaim truth about your identity in Christ 
another option too is to write down the negative voices about yourself. So maybe these are lies that you've been tempted to believe about yourself or maybe that other people have spoken over you. You can write those down and then strike out those lies and instead replace each lie with the truth found in in the scripture that proclaim who you are as a child of God. And I think it's important to do this so that we can recognize the difference between what is a lie and what is the truth. I think it's important to understand where those thoughts are coming from. Is this a thought that's coming from God's word and what his truth says about me? Or is it a thought that's coming from the world? I like to sort of compare this to viewing ourselves through distorted mirrors in a carnival funhouse. So whenever we look at these mirrors, it's a completely different morphed reflection of ourselves. We look at ourselves and we see Oh no, our hip, my hips are too big or my nose is too big and I need to fix that. And these flaws are glaring at ourselves because we aren't looking at the right reflection. Instead, our reflection is skewed based on what the world is trying to feed us, all these lies. Instead, if we look through ourselves through the lens of the word instead of the lens of the world, I believe that's when we're going to see our true reflection. We're going to see ourselves the way that God sees us, and and we're going to see ourselves the way that He says that we are rather than what the world says. Um, So I think it's really important to just continually renew our minds with His word so that we can view ourselves through love rather than through judgment. I love that idea. I think one thing that I specifically do, and I'm constantly kind of coaching myself on this, is I often apply this to other people, like those truths to other people, but not always to myself. And doing this repeatedly and asking God to help you believe these truths Mm -hmm. for yourself has been really helpful for me because I often go, yeah, he believes that about these people, but I don't always own it for myself. So I think that that's so mm-hmm. powerful and you just have to keep returning to it. Keep, right. keep, keep on working towards that truth. So what's the next strategy that you have suggested to overcome self-shame? The second one is recognizing and avoiding those things that trigger insecurity and comparison. So these can be different for each of us. Um, for one person, it might be, you know, scrolling on Instagram Another person, it might be watching certain movies or reading certain magazines, but I think it's being aware of what triggers those lies, those voices in your mind that aren't from God's word, those things that really trigger self-hatred and insecurity, and try to avoid that, but also be aware too that it's not just those things that are bad, but it's our thoughts about them. It's going to be difficult to completely avoid triggers all the time. Instead, I think it's important to be aware of that, but also be more mindful of our thoughts about those things. So instead of, for instance, seeing a post on Instagram that someone had posted of, you know, them wearing their bikini and comparing yourself to that person, instead of saying, gosh, I wish I looked like her, instead appreciate your differences and appreciate the fact that you don't look like her isn't a sign that you don't measure up. It's just a reflection of God's creativity and try to reprogram your mind so that way you're not constantly trying to compare yourself or or thinking insecure thoughts based on these certain, whenever these certain triggers arise. So that's just one thing that has personally helped me 
recognizing and avoiding those things that triggers insecurity in comparison. Oh, yes. And I think it's really important to understand we'll have millions of thoughts that enter our head every day. Just because we think it does not mean it's truth. We get to choose what we want to accept as truth or say that is like literally a garbage thought. I'm going to dump it. And for me, what I do is replace it instantly with some sort of gratitude. So I could go, gosh, that girl is beautiful. And I could recognize that, but it doesn't mean less of me. I can say, I'm thankful that I have the ability to run into a cannonball into the pool. Like you just think of something Mm -hmm. positive that you can reflect on rather than fueling that thought. I do love that you said like, it's nice to avoid those triggers. We get to pick what we allow into our lives. And if you know one of those things is something that triggers you, yes, you can avoid it. But I'm kind of a person that likes to dig in and I want to go, okay, why am I getting triggered? And then really deal with that issue. So it's that if this is something that's reoccurring over and over, okay, well, what is going on inside of me that keeps helping me feel this way? And maybe I need to do some gratitude work or maybe I um, just really kind of analyzing yourself. But I like that you can avoid it, but also let's dig in and realize why is this happening so we don't have to keep having the same problem over and over. Yeah, that's great. I love that. So tell us what's your next strategy you like to use? Yeah, so the third one is to surround yourself with those who encourage rather than highlight your flaws. And this is one that I think is really important because sometimes the voices in our heads, those lies are from ourselves, but other times they are from other people. Um, I know I once personally dated a guy who would often make teasing remarks about me having an introverted personality. And even though those were just jokes to him, they continued to feed my own insecurity. And so you have to be mindful of who you're surrounding yourselves with. If you're in a toxic relationship that's only feeding that self-shame and that insecurity, instead of being surrounded by those who only focus on your flaws, find people who can recognize your strengths and who can bring that beauty out of you. And then we can do the same for other people as well. Also, another thing to note is to be careful about hanging out with people who are constantly speaking insecurities about their own selves as well, who are constantly shaming themselves because insecurity feeds insecurity and vice versa. It's best to have friends who not only can bring out the best in you, but who understand their identity and who are confident and who aren't always shaming themselves because that kind of thing is contagious as well. I totally agree. We can control that environment a lot more when we're aware of what's going on and we we can really affect how we're feeling by being mindful of the people around us. So I I think those are really good examples. What's your next strategy? So the fourth one is to choose to love and embrace those aspects of yourself that may be different and unique rather than resenting them. This is one that I myself have struggled to apply because whenever I was a teenager, my insecurity was that, you know, I was introverted, but I've come to appreciate this difference rather than be ashamed of it because I've realized that this has helped me personally as a writer to be able to sort of be fly on the wall, sort of an observer in social settings, such as in school, in classrooms. And I was able to use that for my writing. But not only that, 
since my lifestyle as a writer requires me to be sort of more introverted, um, then it helps me in my daily work life. And I realized that God chooses each trait that we've been given for a purpose. I always think about America's Next Top Model. So that's a show that I used to watch when I was a teenager. And I remember these models coming in there and they would often have insecurities about themselves. Maybe they had a ton of freckles on their face or maybe they were very long and lanky or had very curly, frizzy hair. And they were either ashamed of these qualities or they were made fun of them as a kid. Instead of that being a negative trait, it was transformed it became something that they became proud of. It became their unique feature about them and something that other people didn't have a specific type of beauty that they were able to leave. And so I think it's important to reverse that, those things about ourselves that we may have been previously ashamed of and instead own up to those things and realize that, you know, we don't always all have to be a carbon copy of each other. These differences that make us unique and it's these differences that also show off God's creativity. Oh, I totally agree. Right now I'm becoming a certified strengths coach. Watching people go through this process, things that they were insecure about are actually like their magic when they embrace wow. it. A woman I was speaking to said her whole life growing up, people would say, shut up and sit down, shut up and sit down because she was just so much energy and just mm. like a leader and just so full of vivacious life. And that was just what she heard over and over. And when she took this test, a bunch of all of hers are like people influencing. Like she just has this inner to wow. just grasp everyone and lead them. That really hurt her for years. Mm. She was insecure and didn't own up who she was. But now she's just like embraced it and she is just unstoppable. And she's writing a book called Shut Up and Sit Down, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) Um, But that's what we need to learn is some of these things that we're worried about or we're not so sure, that's actually going to be your magic. That's going to be where you're going to be the most effective. We just need to learn how to love it and embrace it. And when I've realized, uh, speaking of if we're just talking about like our physical bodies, For me, when I learned to just love and accept this vessel that I have that helps me in fulfilling my purpose, when I really made peace with that part of me, the rest, like the divinity and who I am inside of me, was able to shine more. All of a sudden, there was this peace with myself, and then I could amplify these strengths and my personality came out more. So I love this. I think that's so important. If we're just talking physical that is a great place to start to own who you are and just be grateful for this body that we get to have on this earth. And then when you do that, I think you're just unstoppable. You start to really just admire and love the human you are and you're able to serve more with that. Exactly. I love that. And I love that God has given us different traits and different qualities that can help us to fulfill the purpose that he's called us to have and to fulfill our calling, but also to further his kingdom. And it is once we you know, step into our identity in Christ. And once we are able to accept those things about ourselves and to be confident in ourselves, that's when we can truly not be ashamed to step out and not be ashamed to speak out. So that's awesome. I love that. And it totally leads into your fifth strategy. Yes. Right. Yes. So my fifth strategy is finding confidence in your identity in Christ rather than in an earthly status or label. And this is something that I see so often is people 
trying to find confidence in things of this world, in material things like your appearance or your amount of followers on Instagram or your achievements. Our worth doesn't lie in those things. It's never going to define who we truly are. Sure, it might make us happy for the moment, but that's not who we are and it's not where our value is found and it's also temporary is fleeting. The only thing that's going to not change in this world is our relationship with Christ and our identity in Him. Go deeper in that relationship because it's that relationship that really set me free from self-shame once I was able to see myself through His eyes, to understand what the Word says about my identity in Christ my confidence began to come out. Instead of hiding myself in shame, I was able to do as the word says and be a light on a city on the hilltop. I was able to be a light for him and to shine his light. Also his love, once we truly go deeper in our relationship with him, is his love that sheds light on the beauty within us and brings that out for others to see. So let's just keep in mind that all these things that we're trying to find confidence in, such as clothes or wearing enough jewelry or, um, you know, working out, those things might help for the moment, but they're just going to fade. And we're not always going to look perfect. At the end of the day, we take off our makeup. Um, And so this is why it's important for us just to keep our confidence rooted in this relationship with Christ, because he is the one, only one who is never going to change. The biggest thing that I would like for your listeners to take away is that the number one way to really break free from the grip of self-shame and insecurity involves removing our focus away from ourself and instead focusing on drawing closer to Christ and loving other people because it's only this relationship that can grant us the freedom from the grips of self-shame. If you do struggle with self-shame to receive counseling, keep in mind that insecurity is just like any other temptation. And scripture says that we can break free from the temptations if only we die to our flesh. And that's personally where I have found my freedom is by trying to die to my fleshly desires and impulses of trying to look good or or be enough and realizing that that's not what defines me. What defines me is my identity in Christ and my relationship with Him. Through drawing closer to Him, we are truly going to find freedom from the grips of self-shame. I love all of this. I think these are very helpful strategies, and I so appreciate the message that you're sharing. We've talked a bit about shame in several of our episodes. Diving in deep into how we can change that narrative for us has been so wonderful. I have loved every minute of this. I want to ask you our final question that we ask all of our guests. If you could tell your teen self one piece of advice, what would it be? All right, so this actually kind of goes along the lines of what we've been discussing, and that is to just let go of trying to please people, not just in the way that I come across to them, but also in the decisions that I make. Stop trying to work so hard to meet their approval, to um, make decisions that are based on their opinion. It's important to realize that at the end of this life, at the end of this journey, the only one that we're going to need to give an account to is our Father, is God. And so He's the one who we need to constantly be striving to please and keep in mind that only He knows the calling that He has written over our lives and not other people. So stop trying to constantly please them and make decisions based on their opinion and approval. Try to only live for 
the approval of one and the approval of your father because he's the only one who you're going to give an account to in the end. So beautifully said, Tessa. Seriously, I feel like so connected to you. I just love what oh, you're doing, you. your message. Oh, thank you. I've and really enjoyed talking about this. Thanks, Hi, Tessa. Tessa. You thank you wonderful. so much for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, we will share links in the show notes to connect with Tessa, as well as a link for her book coming out in October, Love Your Selfie, a 52-week devotional. Thanks so much for being here. Have a great week. Promptly Journals has amazing journals for teens and teen parents. One of our favorites is the Loom Parent-Child Connection Journal with simple prompts, beautiful illustrations, and activities to help children and parents connect and start conversations you would not have been able to verbally. With several other journals directed for teens, you'll find a great fit for your teen. I just bought a few of my own journals and not only are they beautifully made, but I loved the prompts in them so much that I knew we had to share them with you. To view available journal options, click on the link in our bio and use the code BECOMING to get 10% off.